Our speaker this morning is one of our missionaries. He's come all the way from Nigeria. For 14 years, he and his wife and four kids have faithfully served in a city called Josh. And Josh is, a, is kind of the, on the fault line between the Muslim north in Nigeria and the Christian south. And it's a place of great um, penetration, great prospects for the gospel expanding, but also a, a place of great tension. And so we are very grateful that uh, a man who is very involved in the proclamation of the gospel and leading others in the proclamation of the gospel is with us this day. Let's welcome Peter for a time. Good morning. My name is Peter Fredheim and my wife Miriam. And my kids and I, we are your missionaries in Nigeria, West Africa. And there's a picture of my family. There they are. Uh, unfortunately, my wife and kids could not make it. She's the teacher in the Christian school there. My kids are in school. But they send their love and they send their greetings. And we want you to know that we love Nigeria. And we love the Nigerians and we hope to be there for many, many years to come. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about my family. And I did this a few years ago. I told you the nicknames of my children. I don't know if you remember that, but they have the same nicknames. They've grown up, but they have the same nicknames. Now, the one on the left is Hannah Precious. And on the right, Elizabeth Treasure. And then next to her, Sarah Princess and Hunter is Hunter. Do you remember that one? It's like, oh, princess, precious. And it's like, Hunter. Actually, I call him dog. I call him bro. Yo, get over here. (laughs) But anyway, the kids are doing great and they're growing physically and they're growing spiritually. They know the Lord and they love the Lord. And we are so blessed by being able to serve you in Nigeria. We've been there for over 14 years, and we hope to be there for many, many more years to come. And when it comes time for the faith faith promise later, we ask, pray for us and pray for your missionaries. We need your prayers. And please give generously that we and others can represent you around the world. And I want to tell you some stories about Nigeria, but first, I'd like you to open your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter 9, if you have your Bibles here. Matthew chapter 9, we're going to have a word of challenge from God's Word today. If you don't have your Bibles, it's okay. The Scripture is on the overhead behind us. Matthew chapter 9, starting to read in verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And just before we look at this, let's pray together. Lord, we're so grateful for BlackRock. And we're so grateful, especially for you. 
And Lord, open our hearts now and our minds to, to hear your word and to understand and to obey that we might share Jesus with those around us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Jesus. It's all about Jesus and what Jesus did for us on the cross. Uh, BlackRock is all about Jesus. And if it wasn't for Jesus, we wouldn't be meeting here this morning. And if there's one thing in my life, and I think in your lives too, that we would never give up, it's Jesus. And we want our neighbors and our friends and others to know about Jesus. And, and sometimes it's hard to share with them, but, but don't we so desire that they'll be there one day? And that one day we'll stand in the presence of the Lord and he'll say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that others will be there with us as well. Next slide. But sometimes it's difficult for us to do that. And today we want to look at the example of Jesus and have him teach us how we can reach to those around us. So let's go back to the scriptures and let's begin to look at it. First in verse 35, Jesus went through all the towns and villages. That's the first point. Jesus, as our example, he went and we need to go. Now, this morning, we're going to do some interactive things. We're going to use our hands that we might remember the message this morning. So I want everybody to get your little pointers out. I want everyone to point. And first, I want you to point to me. Actually, put your hands up, okay, and point to me. You know, it's easier to tell someone else to go, isn't it? So I want to let you tell me to go. So everybody point to me and say, go, go. Say louder, go. Okay, all right, I'll go. I'll go. Don't worry, okay, I'll go. Now, let's look for some pastoral stuff staff. Aha. Here's some of them. Let's tell them to go. 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 Now, you know, though, someone taught you this. When you're pointing at someone else, you have three fingers pointing back at yourself. And the truth is the way of the Lord. He wants some of us to go overseas. He wants some of us to be full time like these guys, but he wants all of us to go. Now, sometimes that's a little scary. You know, we're in Fairfield County. People are very educated here. They have kind of their atheistic arguments or maybe they're very, very religious or maybe they're very, very wealthy and it doesn't seem like they're very open and very interested. Now, growing up, I'm from Fairfield County and we had some money, but there was this guy named John and he had lots of money. And I remember people are thinking there is no way that he's going to be open to the Lord. You see, John... His parents had these houses around the world and the houses were on these TV shows. And they had these championship racehorses and they were on TV too. And sometimes John and his family would fly in helicopters to the horse races. One time they flew to Canada to watch Secretariat race and then they flew back. That's a true story. And John had this huge mansion in backcountry Greenwich near the Trumps and they had servants and they had swimming pool and they had tennis court. And John had a treehouse. John's parents hired a builder to make the treehouse. And it was fully insulated with Anderson windows. And it had wall-to-wall carpeting and it had some beds inside and it had electricity. And there was a wraparound staircase to a deck on top. I'm telling you the truth. And everyone was sure that John would not respond to the gospel, but someone took a chance. And they shared the gospel with John and John received the Lord and his whole family came to Christ. And John is still walking with the Lord today. 
There are Johns all around us, and we need to go, and we need to tell them about Jesus. Let's look back at the passage. He was teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. See, this is the the twofold holistic ministry of Jesus. There's the teaching and the preaching, and there's the healing. So we're going to call it the tell, telling the gospel, telling about Jesus, and then touching people's lives. So there's the tell and there's the touch. Okay, so now remember, we're using our hands. First, go, go. Now we're going to tell, and I want you to do this. Obey the missionary. Obey the missionary. Put your fingers up on your mouth, okay? And we're going to tell people about Jesus. We're going to tell them what our life was like before Jesus. And we're going to tell them how we came to know Jesus. And we're going to tell them what our life is like after Jesus. And we're going to tell them about BlackRock. And we're going to tell them we're praying for them. And we're going to ask them how we can pray for them. And we're going to tell them about the things going on in Bridgeport and about the missionaries and the crazy missionary from Africa that told you to touch your mouth. And we're going to give them a track and we're going to give them a book because we're going to tell them about Jesus. But, you know, if you just tell them and you don't touch their lives, we're not following the example of Jesus. We need to tell them and to touch their lives. And to illustrate this, we're going to touch, we're going to use both hands, and actually, we're going to touch the person in front of you, okay? So if there's no one in front of you, Steve, you have to touch somebody nearby or a chair or something like that or something, okay? So we're going to touch like the shoulders of the person in front of you. This is illustrating that we are going to get involved in people's lives. We're going to take some time out. Now, look, I know life is busy, but we're going to slow down and we're going to be hands-on in people's lives. Okay, so touch their shoulders. I can tell many of you are hesitant. So on the count of three, on the count of three, touch the person near you. Ready? One, two. I did not say three. I see all of you touching each other here in the service without permission of the missionary. All right, no, I'm just kidding. Okay, ready? One, two, three. So we're really going to touch people's lives. Okay? First, go, tell, and touch. Do it with me. Go, tell, and touch. Okay, next part of the scripture. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You see, Jesus sees what's really going on in people's lives. Now, we all dressed up this morning and we're looking good. And in Fairfield County, we know how to look good. But the truth is, is that some of us and maybe all of us in some ways are hurting. And we're harassed and we're helpless and we need Jesus. And in the Bible, there's examples of people that are harassed and helpless and need Jesus. And in Nigeria, there's a lot of people harassed and helpless that need Jesus. And there's people all around us that are like that as well. I told you about uh, John. Well, John's family looked really, really good on the outside. And John had uncles and godfathers worth fortunes, hundreds of millions of dollars, and they looked really, really good. But they had marital problems and their kids were messed up and on drugs, many of them, one of them OD'd. 
And the people around us are harassed and helpless. They're hurting and they need Jesus to guide them and to care for them. And sometimes we don't really realize that, but it's true. And there's people all around you that are hurting and they need the Lord. And when we realize that and we begin to get Jesus' eyes for people and really see where they're at, it causes a heart of compassion. And that's our next part is this is from the heart. It's the compassion of Jesus. We actually do this in Nigeria. We shake someone's hand and then we touch the heart. It's a way of saying, I really care about you. And so when we get the eyes of Jesus and we realize that people around us are hurting, we get a heart of compassion for them. Okay? So first, go, go. Say that with me. Go. Tell. Touch. From the heart. One more time. Go. Tell. Touch. From the heart. Okay, the last part of the scripture, and really it's the most important. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You see, he's the Lord of the harvest. This is his harvest. He goes with us. And, you know, sometimes we think of the harvest, like even here in Matthew 9, there's the harvest, there's the crowds. But if you look in Matthew 9, we don't have time now. It's all about individuals. And the harvest is made up of individuals. And we need to share Jesus with those individuals that make up this harvest. Next slide. So in this one, we're going to obey the word here. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send forth workers. We're going to ask the Lord of the harvest. We're going to pray for people. Okay, remember the church and the steeple thing you used to do when you're young? I don't even know how it goes, okay? Pray for people. Okay, so do that with me. Pray for people. And we recognize that the harvest is made up of people. And we're going to say, Lord... Bring a gospel witness to the people of Nigeria. Then all of a sudden we get a heart for Nigeria. Lord, bring a gospel witness to the people of Bridgeport. All of a sudden we get a heart for the people of Bridgeport. Lord, bring a gospel witness to my family and to my friends. And all of a sudden we start to get a heart. We start to see that they're harassed and helpless in what's really going on in their lives. This is the way we begin to reach them. It starts with praying for people. Then it's easier to go to tell and touch from the heart as we pray for people. Now, here's your only homework assignment that I'm going to give you. And I ask and I beg you to do this. I want you to make a Jesus list. In your bulletins, we gave you a piece of paper. And on one side, it says, it has the hand motion, so you'll remember, pray for people. Go, tell, and touch from the heart. On the other side, it's a Jesus list. And I'm asking you, please, sometime today, get alone with the Lord and fill out this Jesus list. And basically what you do is you say, Lord, who around me is hurting? Who around me needs you? And you start listing family members, friends, people you come in contact, people you work with. And then you keep that in your Bible and then you begin to pray for these people. And all of a sudden, God gives you a heart for them. All of a sudden, you start to see what's really going on in their lives. All of a sudden, you go, tell and touch from the heart, and you're making a difference in their lives. 
Okay, let me tell you a little bit of what's going on in Nigeria. Uh, This is what we do. We pray for people and then we go tell and touch from the heart. And there's a lot of Muslims in Nigeria. As a matter of fact, the whole northern part of Nigeria is Muslim. And uh, there's a lot of opportunities. And I'll just tell you that God is doing an amazing thing in the Muslims. They are dreaming dreams and visions. And in our ministry alone, hundreds of Muslims are coming to faith. Let me just tell you one story. Last year, one of our missionaries was in a remote place. And a a Muslim youth in his 20s, he came up and and he said to the missionary, do you know about Jesus? And the missionary said, yes, yes, why are you asking? He said, well, Jesus has been coming to me in my dreams, and he told me that he would send someone to tell me about him. Is that you? And our missionary shared Christ with him. And in the last year, that Muslim that has come to faith, he has led hundreds of other Muslims to faith in this last year alone. He has the gift of evangelism and the anointing of the Lord is on him. And the Lord is doing a great work amongst the Muslim people. There's also some problems, though, uh, due to the Muslims. The Muslims attack uh, churches uh, because they don't know the Lord. And so there is a lot of animosity and there's some uh, hatred from the Nigerian Christians toward the Muslims. And so please do pray for your brothers and sisters in Nigeria that they would pray for the Muslims so that they might go tell and touch from the heart because there is a great need. There's actually been some bombings. And it's hard for us, too, because many missionaries are leaving. And some of those are our co-workers and friends. And in some cases, there are children's best friends. But the ministry in Nigeria is awesome. We love being over there. We do hundreds of urban outreaches every year. We also do hundreds of evangelistic film outreaches. Um, next slide. We also do a prison ministry. Uh, you can see here some uh, prisoners being set free in Jesus. They're still in jail. They're still in prison, but they're set free in Jesus. Also, uh, church planting. We're a part of hundreds of church plants. Many, many coming to Christ. And then it's about, uh, oh, also training Nigerian missionaries. In the last two years alone, we've been able to train about 3,000 Nigerian missionaries and pastors in church planting, evangelism, and discipleship. We've also been able to bring the perspectives in World Mission Course to over 300 denominational leaders. And a lot of great numbers, but it comes down to the people. It comes down to the precious street children. Imagine... We find these children on the streets ages six, seven years old. I mean, just try and think of any children that you know that are six or seven eating out of the garbage, fighting for their lives, and uh, Jesus is rescuing them. Also, needy women, abused women, uh, others. Next slide. People with leprosy. There's still leprosy in Nigeria. Uh, people that are disabled. We give away about a hundred of these free wheelchairs a year to the disabled. Uh, you know, it's amazing every time we share the gospel with them and tell them that the wheelchair is free and then they come crawling on the ground and they get into the wheelchair and all of a sudden they have mobility for the first time and their, their faces brighten up and I cry every time. And we started uh, more and more ministry to precious girls. We have about 100 girls in the ministry full-time. Just started our first uh, transition house for older girls that are transitioning into life. And in Nigeria, there are a number of people that are harassed and helpless, and they need Jesus. 
And remember I told you earlier in Matthew 9, I'd like you to even look at that sometime, but there are these stories about these individuals that make up the harvest. One is the woman who bled for 12 years. You remember her story? She touched Jesus and she was healed. Well, there's another woman uh, in Nigeria. Her name is Precious. Next slide. And uh, she's had an affliction for that same 12 years and similar. Precious grew up in the village and she got married and she got pregnant and she was too young really to be able to deliver. And so she was in labor for several days. She almost died and her baby did die and she was torn and uh, she started to leak urine and she started to smell And then her husband left her. And then because of this condition, her family rejected her because it was a shame to the family. And she lived like this for 12 years. And uh, uh, at the Mission Hospital, there is a program where they can do a free surgery to repair these ladies. In our ministry, we bring many women into that program to get healing. And uh, when Precious wanted to come down, she saved up some money and, and she went to the taxi driver and said, will you take me down to Joss? And he said, well, uh, you can't ride in the vehicle, but you could ride back with the luggage uh, because of your condition. But anyway, she made it to Evangel and uh, she has been loved and she has met other people that are just like her. And Precious was harassed and helpless and needed Jesus. Now, also in the Bible there in Matthew 9, there's a little girl who dies, who Jesus raises from the dead. Well, we have a little girl the same age, also 12 years old, and she almost died, and her name is Mercy. And Mercy is from a village area, and her mom and dad died this last year. And she was very sad, and she was crying, and she was so upset. And all of a sudden, some of the villagers came in and took her out of her hut and dragged her out, and they started to beat her. And they started to accuse her of killing her parents using witchcraft, which, of course, was not true. And some of them wanted to kill her. And in the confusion, someone rescued her and they brought her to our center. And Mercy is safe now in our center. But Mercy was harassed and helpless. And she needed Jesus as her savior. And there's people in the Bible that were harassed and helpless and needed a savior. There's people in Nigeria harassed and helpless, but there's people all around us that are hurting and they need you to go and to tell and touch from the heart as you pray for people, as you pray for those around you, please do that Jesus list as you pray for them, then go tell and touch from the heart. I told you a little bit about John today. And the reason that I know about John is because I am John. And that was my upbringing, and those were my houses around the world, and we used to fly in helicopters to the races, and that was my treehouse. And you know, for a while, people didn't want to share the gospel with me because they thought I wasn't interested, but God was preparing my heart, just as he's preparing those around you. And there's Johns all around you. Would you go to them? Would you pray for them? Would you share Jesus with them? We've been talking about our hands so that we might remember the message today. But let's think of Jesus' hands. And let's remember what Jesus did for us that we might all be with him. And one day, others will be with us and will hear, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's the desire of my heart. How about you? It's all about the compassion of our risen Savior. 
He goes with us as we seek to reach His harvest one person at a time. I wonder whatever happened to the woman who bled for 12 years after she was touched by Jesus. We do know what happened to Precious. She felt so loved for the first time that she gave her life to Christ and is an evangelist to all the other ladies. She's in the midst of procedures to get physical healing, but has already received spiritual and emotional healing, has forgiven those that abused her, and wants to share Christ with them. I wonder what happened to the little girl that Jesus raised from the dead. We do know what happened to Mercy. She has also come to know Christ and prays for those who tried to kill her. She wants to be a medical doctor and bring physical, emotional, and spiritual healing to many in need. And John, well, he's so grateful someone would choose to share Christ with him. And as one life is reached, that leads to another, and another, and so on, until together we bring in his harvest. Notice how that video started, one person at a time. And really, this is your moment, your time to make your commitment to our Faith Promise program, one person at a time. So I'm going to ask that you take the little pamphlet that we've given you, and you take the pen that we've given you, and we've noticed that we've asked you to print your name and sign it, and then you go down to that third category on the right part of the pamphlet on the inside, and there's a giving section. You will help us set the mission budget for this next year. You will help us determine whether we continue to support the Fred Times, the Millers, and all the other missionaries that you've seen this day. You will help us do that through you filling out a card and you indicating to us what you can give. We will never come back to you and um, done you for that. This is a commitment between you and the Lord as to how much you feel you can give this next year to support the missions program. So we would ask that every individual, you may not be able to give a whole lot, but some of you can give a lot. We have a video we want to show you, and then we're going to make one final comment on these cards, and then we're going to collect them. But we have one more video. When I think about the world, what breaks my heart is the, uh, the fate of children in the world today. When I think of how much we have, and we have so much in this country, and so many opportunities, and I think of children who don't have enough to eat. A friend of mine uh, I met in Rwanda named Peter. He's 11 years old. He only had his school uniform to wear, and he just really wanted more out of life, and he didn't have any options. He doesn't have parents. His family actually rejected him. God is referred to by Paul in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, as the father of compassion and comfort. And so one of the very characteristics about God is that he has compassion towards those of us who are lost, helpless, hopeless. The Holy Spirit uses us as his voice, his feet, the hands of Jesus. 
And that's really what we're talking about when we talk about the missions program here at the church. It's not merely looking on a world where we see injustice. It's doing something about it, whether it be in Bridgeport, whether it be in Mali, whether it be going to Morocco. One of the great things about the missions program at BlackRock is that it's so global in its outreach. We have uh, international justice ministry that you heard of last week. And then we had Peter Frettheim and Miriam here who represent what we're doing in Nigeria. And then we have the Rowleys who only live uh, eight miles from our church in Bridgeport with just unbelievable global ministry on the campus. My name is Chris Rowley. My wife is Kelly. We have a two-year-old son, and we serve at the University of Bridgeport. There's really two simultaneous ministries that are going on, one working with Muslim students and the other one working with Asian students. The unique thing about the Asian students as opposed to most other nationalities is that the Chinese students in particular come from a culture that that does not really have a religion that that is predominant. Most of them are atheists and there's a massive void in their life and most of them recognize that. We really find ourselves being the ones uh, for the first time to introduce students to Jesus. A lot of them will come to our house and for the very first time in their life hold a Bible in their hands. They are so excited because they have never been uh, shown who Jesus is. And it's exciting, but also so sad because there is a huge nation here who has never heard about Christ. The students from the Middle East or other parts of the world do not come from a country where there's a religious vacuum at all. They have a very well-defined belief system. There's a definitely a wall, a spiritual wall that we see in their lives. God has brought along incredible opportunities for us to actually see those walls come down. There are 250 students on the campus of the University of Bridgeport that are from a country in the Middle East that you hear about all the time in your newspapers that we can't mention because of security reasons, that you cannot get a missionary into that community, into that country. What an opportunity. These people are out of their culture, out of the context of their families. They're here studying. They're open to, at least to a degree, look at Western thought. And for many of them, it'll be their only opportunity to hear the gospel. God has brought all the nations of the world here to Bridgeport. There are over 80 different nationalities represented on campus alone. Um, a lot of those groups are unreached people groups. They're right here in our backyard and they are desperate and hungry and excited to meet with American families, even if they're Christian American families. There's a lot of social justice issues that, that do break our hearts. We are encountering students and, and young women who, who are faced with uh, difficult choices like having an abortion or not, whether or not to keep a child. It breaks our hearts to see students from the Middle East come here and not be accepted and not be loved. There's a lot of physical needs, there's a lot of loneliness, but the deeper issue is that they don't know Jesus. We believe it's our responsibility to, to take care of the felt needs ministry for these students, and we do that. We spend a lot of time with that. When you, when you take everything else away, uh, the heart of it, the drive, comes from the gospel and the message of Christ. The overall vision is that they would know Christ while they're here and grow in their faith and that they would go back to their country and share 
uh, who this Jesus is. We've been able to see that recently in uh, families coming to know Christ across the world through what has happened here. It's all about uh, calling people into the kingdom of God with the message of the reconciliation that Christ provides in a person's life. That's why we give a quarter of our budget, over a million dollars, to support missionaries throughout the world because in, a, in the midst of all the pain, heartache, we care and we want to exhibit that caring. BlackRock has the privilege of supporting over 72 mission organizations or individual missionary families. If we don't support them through our faith promise, then we'll have to bring some of those missionaries home. Every individual in this church or every family in this church is involved in something larger than themselves through the Giving to Our Faith Promise program. The gospel calls us to be involved. It's by His grace that we are here and that I am His daughter. One person at a time. And so this is your opportunity 